Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Welcome back to Understanding the Markets post-GFC. This is part two and I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Now, let's talk about a little bit about them, how big they were. So we talked about the smallest move up was just under 8%, as I mentioned. Two of them were under 10%. Four were 10%. One was 12%. And those two that I mentioned were just above 30%. So we're looking at they're not really big moves. You know, we're talking about 10, 11, 12% in somewhere in three, four, five weeks-ish. Uh, and sometimes up to 10 weeks. So they're not huge moves. So if we allow for slippage, which is means you can't get in at the bottom and you can't get out at the top, so to speak, because you have to. One of the golden rules of investing and trading is confirm it and then trade it. So, you know, always wait for confirmation before you trade. So therefore, you're going to get some slippage. So in total, as I mentioned, we've had nine upward moves and nine corresponding downward moves. So... I've talked about the upward moves, so let's have a look at the downward moves and see what's happened with them. And I've talked a little bit about them. So with the downward moves, three of the falls were, in, were greater in value than the prior upward move. Now, again, my example, if it rose up $10, that means it's fallen by more than $10. So three of the falls were greater in value than the prior upward move, and two of those moves down were in excess of 120% of the upward move. So again, if it rose up $10, then we're talking 120% of that. And so now we're talking about $12 falling roughly, just, just under $12 in rough figures. So we're talking about some very, very big moves here going down the other way. So three out of the nine were equal to or greater. So 30% were equal to or greater than the prior upward move. One fall was approximately the same as the prior upward move. So now there's four out of nine that are either equal to or greater to than the move prior, the upward move prior. Three of them were greater than 50% of the upward move, and the remaining two were approximately 25%, as I mentioned earlier. The longest move down was five weeks, and this occurred twice. We've seen three moves of four weeks, two of three weeks, and two of two weeks. Now, all this equates to the market being down just under 2.5% from its highs in October 2009, and just under 5% from our high of April 2010. So what we're seeing is some big moves in the early stages of this market after March 2009. And then since then, it's been so erratic. So what it's been moving up, it's been moving down again. And it's been moving down very, very heavily when it does move down. And that's making it quite difficult for a lot of people. And as as I mentioned, you're talking about moves, 10% moves up. What we're talking about, well, we're getting just as big a moves going down, which is not normal. A normal market, as I mentioned earlier, is where you see moves of less than 10%, you know, 4, 5, 6% is general uh, what we get. So as I said, this equates to the market since our high of um, you know, the October 2009 high that I mentioned where we, um, uh, I think we'd achieved, was it 60.4% in that six months? Since then, our market's down 2.5% and from our April 2010 high, we're down 5%. So last year, um, if your portfolio hasn't performed very well, that's why. Um, and then obviously if you've got fees on top of that, that will also um, take out more from your returns. So let's summarize this in, into um, somehow we, someone might invest and trade the share market. Because when investing or trading, you never enter at the exact bottom or at the top of a move, but rather once the move is confirmed, as I mentioned earlier. 
Now, as such, slippage occurs, and this can be as much as sometimes 5 or 10%, and even up to 30% of a move. Now, often, you know, it'd be nice to be able to buy at the very bottom and sell at the very top, but that's just not practical or um, repeatable. It's more sheer luck. And generally, those moves up in a bull market, you know, we might be able to get in 5 or 10% off the bottom. If it's a bearish market and it's very unpredictable, it might be a bigger move. Now, you know, somebody getting into the market in March 2009 had to be exceptionally brave. Um, because it wasn't for a few months that we actually realised the market was actually going to sustain a move up. So we could have been two months into that before we really understood whether we're getting an upward move on the market, and that may have been 20 or 30% on our market. As we saw, the first move up was um, 13 weeks, and it rose 33%. So if we take it a couple of, you know, you know, four, three, four, five, six weeks or two months, you've lost most of that move, and then it moves down again. And this is where it's been very hard to get into the marketplace because, it, it, as I said earlier, it's about, you're about trading on confirmation, not speculation. If you speculate, you tend to lose a lot more. So when investing and trading, you never enter at exact bottom or, the, or exit at the top. So, and we have to understand that this slippage happens. Now, generally, you set tighter exits from the in, uh, tighter exits than you do from your entry. So your slippage on the top is a little bit less. But sometimes in that volatile market, uh, and if you remember, we've had some huge moves very, very quickly. So we've had some stocks that have just gapped down or fallen, you know, 10% in, you know, overnight. And that's happened quite a lot over the last few years. So we've had bigger moves down very, very quickly because uh, people don't panic at the at the, at the at the bottom, you know, markets don't crash up, they crash down. Um, and so people, after they've lost a lot of money in the GFC, are a bit more uh, wary. So if they see a move down, sometimes they're panicking a little bit more. Now, we can take weeks to confirm that a trend is in place, as I mentioned. Now, given this, medium-term traders have been getting lots of false triggers on the market over the past two years. Because just, just as they're getting set in the market and starting to buy, it just quickly turns around again. So these false triggers are calling, ca causing a little bit more turnover. Because you know, just as quickly as they're getting this conf confirmation of the bull run, that it's commencing, it turns to fall away and the upward move fails. And then we've seen those moves are 25%, 50% down of the prior upward move. And this is where it, it's causing a lot of issues for people. Now, um, therefore, we've had more entries and exits, or people are suffering more entries and exits if they're more medium-term traders. Buy and hold, it's a different story. Uh, but what we're seeing is a higher percentage of losses that are realised as per the percentage of trades. So out of 10 trades, instead of getting 7 right, you might be getting 6 right or 5 right. And it, it really depends on your strategies and what you're doing. Now, in a market, the buy and hold investors have somewhat been an advantage over this time, although they may not really be better off. Now, e even though the returns for the whole period since March 2009 are 50, up 56%. So if you had like uh, 10 or 20 stocks in your portfolio in March 2009, you didn't sell them. In theory, if you average the market, your portfolio should now be up 56% on what it was in March 2009. Uh, but that's not necessarily the case. Now, those same people would have suffered heavy losses of 50 to 70% prior to the March 2009. And even today, the market is still 30% lower than it was in the peak in 2007. So even though they may have done okay in that first six months of 2009, since the low in March 2009, since then they've done pretty poorly or, you know, average or best cape and even, but they're still way down on what they were in 2007. Clients of ours that had our portfolios in 2004, 5 and 6 that got that good rises, they didn't lose the money in 2007. Now, they may not have made a lot of money over the last couple of years, but they didn't lose it and they're still much better off than the buy and hold investors. And some of those, some of our clients are still up in positive territory. 
or are in positive territory from those times. Now, given the figures above, investors need to be wary of quotes by managed funds as to their growth because you need to look at what they're quoting and, and how far they're going back, etc. So that's what you've got to keep uh, things into perspective because uh, often fund managers will you know, work figures out to suit themselves. And from a fund manager's perspective, obviously I'm a fund manager and I think we've done reasonably well with our portfolios over the last few years in this really, really tough market. Now, I know it's tough for the, for the investors because uh, obviously we'd love to see 20% growth every single year, but that's just not practical. And it's not, if you think that in the share market that you're going to get that every single year, then um, to me that's an unrealistic expectation. But a lot of people, uh, in especially in the last few years, have expected their managers or their fund managers to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. The market hasn't been conducive to making very, very good returns. Uh, it's been, as I said, it's been quite hard. So the figures that I've mentioned have confirmed that the past few years has seen the prediction of the market becoming almost impossible as uh, one where there are few winners uh, overall because it's been very, very, very hard to pick. With most investors or traders lucky if they've maintained an even keel or not lost very, very much. Um, and to me, that's really where one of my statements or one of my um, catchphrases is, you know, uh, how much you make on the market is depending on how much you don't lose. And to me, we always know that we're going to get a bull market again. So if you don't lose much in the bearish times and the sideways times like we're seeing now, then when the bull market happens, you're going to reap the benefits of that. Uh, that brings us to the end of part two of Understanding the Markets post-GFC. I hope you're enjoying this series or this three-part series. And I look forward to chatting you with on the next one. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within, and you've been listening to Talking Wealth. Take care. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 SHARE TRADE.